Such sights to show you. Bring the motherfucking ruckus! Fuck you too! Here's here's how we're gonna start it. Um uh thank thank you so much for uh for being yet again um on on this show and for setting a new record for me today. Um the record being the earliest I've ever woken up to record this. Um, in order for our time frames to match up, because there's something like a 19 hour, is that what you said? 19 hour yeah, time hour. difference between where you are yeah. and where I am. Fantastic. We did it. <laughs> what a wonderful thing. <laughs> time, time and space is terrifying and as majestic as it can be. What what a wonderful thing we've been able to do here today. <laughs> yes, thank you captain <laughs> i've i've put together a stew today i've been stewing do you stew often oh yeah have you been stewing uh, on on the occasion especially now that it's winter over here yes <laughs> that's so wild to me uh because <laughs> over here it's like a hundred degrees and i hate it oh fuck i think that's <laughs> 40 something celsius for us which is like desert temperature so um blessings on your toes and your holes <laughs> yeah no i'm gonna need to pay attention to my holes so here's the thing <laughs> i've been i've been cooking up a stew and i've been cooking up some not hot but spicy stew for us today Whoa. and I um love <laughs> everyone everyone can appreciate a little bit of spice and, and it's not hot it's not a hot stew. It's spicy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. You've listened to a lot of the show. Um, when I brought this up, as far as our choices went today, what made you want to jump into some not hot, but spicy? Uh, first off, I am incredibly manic and <laughs> I don't think I have the patience for a longer story as much as I love the longer stories. Fantastic. And, uh, when I do listen to the Not Hot But Spicy episodes, uh, they're just better for my brain. I have I have more of a fun time uh, having a laugh with you. Uh, very very good point. Like, Sometimes we get sad. Yeah. Sometimes we get too yeah. serious. Sometimes the story yeah. makes me <laughs> depressed. Yeah. That's not going to happen but today. Also... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. But that's why I keep coming back is because, you know, there's the options where I did like, I don't know, two solid weeks of um, marathoning some uh, <laughs> series that you guys have done. And then, or, you know, if I get, I don't know, just way too busy and my attention span is not there, then I can switch to something like a uh, not hot, but spicy. There you go. And um, it's a good time. Yeah. That's the, the variety, the variety that we offer. Um, we always like to think that we find we find an, a different audience for different things, you know, a different mood for a different exactly. time. You know, um, there it's not always um, the commitment level, right? The commitment level of getting into <laughs> a, a three part series isn't always there. And I I understand that more than anyone. I am re-listening to the show right now as a means of kind of 
um, remembering where we came from, a little bit of nostalgia there, while also kind okay. of trying to keep myself on track, trying to keep myself consistent. I'm bad with that word. It's not a word I like, consistency. <laughs> um, but yeah. but my thing is, is like, I just finished re-watching or re-listening, I should say, um, Spire in the Woods. And oh, yes. it's it's five parts, right? It's five parts. It's a lot to listen to. And really, mm. and really, truly, the only good part is the last one. <laughs> so so yeah. when you have to listen to. I think in essence, it's probably around 10 to 12 hours, the entire thing. And really, I'm yeah. saying the last two hours are the best. It's it's tough. Yeah. It's tough to get through those first yeah. ten hours. <laughs> so oh, when I um, like when I think when it when I think back on the spire, I kind of think of it as like this uh horrific symphony. Like I I did yeah. uh, six hours at uh Wagner's The Valkyrie. Absolutely. And it was like an hour there was an hour dinner break but you know there's ups and downs and there's boring parts and then all of a sudden there's like this crescendo of like amazingness and yeah that's a really that's a really so. good allegory for it because it, it it's like a movement it's like a orchestrated uh an orchestrated act of depression and anxiety yeah. and gaslighting oneself <laughs> like it's just <laughs> it's it's so wild. I, I didn't like it as much when we were reading it, but in hindsight, I think it's wonderful. And yeah. I, I've been saying that with a lot of the things I've been going back and re-listening to, because even this time around, um, I was telling Where Am I a couple weeks ago when we were mm. recording the Ransom series, um, the Ransom two-parter. Mm. Um, no. We... Uh, I told him that I, I appreciated the ABCs more the second time around. Mm. I didn't like yeah. the ABCs as much when we were reading it. It was too, it was too convoluted. It was too all over the place. I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around the through line narrative. I couldn't tell myself yeah. this all has to deal with the same thing because I didn't feel like it did. I felt like it was yeah, very juxtaposed. Yeah, I definitely found myself zoning in and out of that one, like, when I first listened to it, when that episode was first. Right, like, it, it's just, it's not the easiest to listen to the first time. It's um, mm. it's better to think of it as just really nicely written short stories. Like, when I, yeah. when I went back into it this time, I tried less um, to link parts to each other and more just appreciating each individual part for what they were able to do um yeah and yeah. there were some really good ones in there so it's like i'm going back i'm re-listening i'm i'm working yeah. my way back up to what i think is like concurrent so i'm probably gonna yeah. stop at, at like 200 something where i where i'm like nah i remember recording this this is fine um a lot yeah. of these a lot of these episodes exist in a hazy dream state of my mind where I remember doing it, but I, I have an out of body experience. I like astral project yeah, as, yeah. I'm li as I'm listening to myself on the show. I'm just like, yeah. I'm like, I'm watching myself do it all over again. Do I remember what comes next? <laughs> no, I do not because my memory is shot by my drug addled brain. <laughs> 
short term memory yeah, and yeah. long term memory are the first things to fucking go when all you do is smoke yeah. the ganj. Yeah, yeah. But uh, with smoking the ganj and going back and listening, like, I wonder if there's a thing where you can try and change the past. I don't know if it's good word. <laughs> Some butterfly effect and... shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, if I could change the past, I'd go back in time and tell some of these guys I record with that they're a bunch of cunts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cunts. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, the funny, the funnier thing is even going back and listening to some of the episodes where I'm, I'm with people that I don't necessarily talk to anymore. It's fine. It really is just yeah. fine. Like I'm, I'm. I see the catharsis in me capturing a moment where we were in tune, you know, yeah. um, that's kind of the beauty of the product is, uh, the show is very much something we put on. It is very so much. Yeah. Uh, it's not that I'm being disingenuous or dishonest. Um, but this is a character. This is a, this is an act. This is a, a presentation. You know, I don't, I don't walk around my life, talking like this and acting like this, um, mm. you know, to, to just anyone, you know, this is, this is an intimate yeah. process between you and I. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the wonderful, the wonderful kitty, AKA Taurus filth is here with me today, all the way from wonderful news, wintry New Zealand. <laughs> and, um, this is episode number two, but, I feel like uh, we've just been waiting for like the stars to align for the right for yeah, the right time exactly. to come back because I I'm I was going through some shit and you were going through some shit and we're all going through some shit. And um, mm -hmm. <laughs> really, really, we need to be on like I was just saying, we need to um, be on the same page and be in the same time and place and um lifestyle and and headspace and all of these things need to align in order for the uh the content the product the presentation to uh yeah. make itself known and um i'm sure no one is surprised by the title and by our previous introduction that we're doing some not hot but spicy today yeehaw i think i'm very excited for this I think not hot but spicy is interesting because it it really does come from uh an isolated time and place in history and mm. we're kind of we're delving into an actual online annals we're actually yes. we're actually like dissecting a forum when we're talking about nice, yeah. not hot, but spicy. And it's, it's something that I even bring up to, to other people, other listeners of the show where I'm just like, yeah, the website's still around. I don't know if they're updating mm. it. I think it's from like, I want to say t like 2012 to like 2014. Like there's really only, yeah. It's really only like a small window from like 10 years ago that this yeah. forum existed in and it was curated. I wish I, I wish I could find a way to contact the guy who 
managed this website and wrote all these stories because not all these stories, they're obviously all written by different people, but mm. um, the website itself has other stories on it that the guy wrote. And I yeah. wish, I wish he would just fucking put his name somewhere so I can be like, Hey man, let me, let me fucking interview you or something because your stories fucking rule. He has like a, yeah, he has like a 300 to 600 page story online for free to read um, called oh, called 50 foot ant, which is about um, <laughs> a dude. It's not about what it sounds like. Um, it's it's okay. um, the kids. The kid is called um, he, he comes up um, with the nickname ant. And as his life goes on, um, he he tries to he becomes get you. A giant ant. I wish. Wouldn't that be silly? Um, <laughs> he tries to get the audience to understand that as ridiculous as the story sounds, as it happened to him, it's as crazy as there being like a 50 foot ant. You know, he uses it as an allegorical ah. device. He uses it as a, oh, um, like a literary device. Basically, he tries to say like, I know believing what happened is stretching your imagination, but believe me, this story is fucking true and it terrifies me. And it's about, um, his grandfather's, um, his grandfather told him a story when he was a kid about being stationed near the end of world war two in between, um, Germany and Poland, um, somewhere. And the barracks were Nazi occupied, so when uh, his like grandfather or great grandfather in this case, I can't remember. I read it so many years ago um, when they mm -hmm. came to occupy the base after the Nazis were cleared out, they realized that the base was like haunted. So oh. it's kind oh. of like um, it's kind of like the shining esque. Because mm, there are yeah. absolutely malevolent spirits at work, but they get stuck there from a blizzard. Like, it's up in the mountains. So, like, oh, shit. It's, it's very, like, we're stuck here and it's hostile territory in, like, three different ways. So, okay. you know, it's almost like something is is hunting them versus them being haunted versus the general unease of being in a previously Nazi occupied space, you know, um, seeing Very like tor torture equipment and cells and stuff, you know. So like an even more twisted, um, the thing kind of, absolutely. I don't know is I, what it made me think of. Absolutely. And, um, I think, I think possession plays an element in there. I think, I think people start to go mad. So it's a, it's a welcome it's a welcome comparison, but the same yeah. dude who wrote that runs the entire website. I'm pretty sure. And, um, mm. that's like a wonderful story that anyone can read for free just by going to the not hot, but spicy website and looking for the 50 foot ant and companion series. Hmm. Cool. Heck Very yeah. cool. But yeah, I agree. With, I agree with what you're saying about that kind of time of the internet. And it, that's why I also like the, the toast other side of Tumblr episode. The toast. The toast. I miss the toast. I, I mm. telling people that we've read from sources that like no longer exist 
is really interesting. It's like a we tap into like a lost media. It's it's yeah. it's weird. It's weird. It's like um it's like someone it's funny. It's it is a little bit funny to think about. Someone dedicated a f- a fraction of their life to compiling short stories, ho- horrifying and funny short stories on a Tumblr and then mm. one day just said fuck it and the entire thing <laughs> and the entire thing fucking disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> And the only place yeah, where it currently exists, other than maybe the Wayback Machine, which I haven't checked yet, um, is our mm. podcast. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if I don't know if like I don't know if like anyone else, you know, was was around to capture that. I don't like sure. Surely the, the people who followed the Tumblr were like, oh, a new post from from the other side. I'm going to read this today. And, and then they made it a part of their like afternoon you know, uh, their, their mid, Mm. mid lunch break, you know? Um, but, but there's an aspect of it that's more interesting now that it's just gone. It's the books, the book's been burned, you know? Yeah. And, and the only place it exists is by a bunch of assholes online reading it and giggling, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that was kind of the beauty of that time of the internet as well to like, I don't know, people just like came up with random stuff trolley stuff kiki stuff and horror stuff and eventually it was just one of those things that you stumbled across and it was like a plethora of content and then all of a sudden it it was done (laughs) right and there was no more and you have no idea who it was it makes you think like are we at a time are we at a time in in the world in the history of the the world where um, creepypasta is becoming less of a thing or no sleep is becoming less of a thing. Like the numbers would tell you, no creepypasta and no sleep are still going strong. I haven't visited the creepypasta page in a while, but I, I always keep an eye on the no sleep, um, the no sleep section of Reddit, just because I'm always trying to see if there's something new and interesting that's getting a lot of accolades coming around because we all know that that's how I got you on the show. Um, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you were you were trying to find a good recording of left right game, and you found us. Yeah. And yeah. and you know again, one of my favorite things I've ever fucking read on the show that that yeah. I, I've probably re-listened to that series more than any other because it's just so fucking well done. The person I read yeah, that dude. with is just like we are just in it the entire time and god i just i i miss i miss having that experience and i i miss like reading that for the first time and even even like um new people that i'm like telling the show about and bringing on to the show or just telling them to listen to a couple episodes still like the first things out of my mouth sometimes are like you need to listen to pen pal. You need to listen to left, right game. You mm. need to listen to, mm. um, the apartment series. You need to listen to sin eater Baraska. Yeah. you know, yeah. like there's just, there's just so, there's so many good things here, but the left, right game, it, it outshines in my opinion. It's, it's the above and beyond, um, yeah. that, that we tapped okay. into. Yeah, I just uh, finished listening, or almost finished listening to that. I started it 
again last month and dude I found myself like I was driving while I was listening to it and I found myself like pretty much on the edge of my seat leaning forward like fully involved like I know what's going to happen but just I am so re-involved the story is just that good no the same the same I was I was enraptured on my recent listening like I I don't in my in my own re-listening to the show just to get into it for a second like yeah I don't put it on unless I'm in the mood right because if I'm not in the mood it's just gonna be white noise it's just gonna be you know some something in the background and I don't want for something I'm critically trying to get something out of to try and like re-listen to like what I can make better about this show, what I can improve about it and, and what I could learn from it. Um, I'm not going to make that like a passive activity. So when I'm re-listening, I'm re-listening as seriously as I can with like at the most of the undivided attention I could afford, which is most of the time when I'm driving. So I recently had a um, six hour drive up north and a six hour drive back down south um from visiting frowns in boston and yeah. um i finished spire on that drive oh, nice. because i was yeah i was in the right mind i had the right tools at my disposal and i was de- and i was dedicated to the process i was telling myself you know three or four episodes of my show and i'm there so I, you yeah. know, I, I put on, I put on like whatever part I was at and I just kept going. And when I, when I remember re-listening to Left Right Game, I just mm. completely mesmerized, completely involved, like, yeah. like ready, ready to hear what comes next. Like. I I get lost even listening to myself. Like, I don't mean to toot my own horn at all, but like, (laughs) there are times where I listen to myself, like on a solo episode, like, um, like Ted the Caver or like the pig where I've like, listen, Mm. I listen to myself and I'm like, yeah, you read that pretty well. But like, I forget I'm listening to myself during left, right game because that, that voice I do for Rob, I like, I like, I disconnect when I'm listening yeah, to that. Fully. Yeah. Like I, I had yeah, a coworker who's going to come onto the show. Um, who's going to come onto the show later. He just finished left Hi. right game. And he, he, as he was listening to it, like he was just like, dude, I don't know if there's like some type of like online Emmys or something, but like <laughs> you need to be given a fucking award for how you read Rob throughout that series. Uh, this like, a. And this, and like, I don't mean to like sound like a dick or anything, but this, my coworker is like older. He's like an older dude with like a deep voice. And I'm like thinking, yeah. I'm like thinking like, well, if I had you to read the series with, I would have given you the the character of Rob because you you're an older guy with a with a beard with like a gruffle, you know, a grizzled voice. Like you you would have been able to nail that shit. But like him listening to it and telling me that I I nailed it, you know, that that meant mm. a lot to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fully. Plus, if anybody else did it, we wouldn't have like little gems like. Oh come here, baby! It's gonna be okay. Rob's got your back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the little the camaraderie moments of of Alice and Rob and 
and how our voices were just, you know, we got lost in those characters just talking to one another sometimes. Like it was just it it was it was a fantastic experience and I can't I can't gush about Left Right Game enough. Like if anyone yeah. out there is listening and like you just kind of found the show and you're just listening now, I I beg you. I beg you if you like the show even a little bit go back and listen to the left right game or go read it you know more more than anything to give credit to the author yeah. go go on no sleep look up left right game and read the entire thing and just enjoy it just have a good fucking time because it is it is that good yeah fully and don't go anywhere else to listen to it either i tried they're all shit and that's why i've stuck with lots of pasta <laughs> Very good. Very happy. Hmm. Okay. Awesome. I am ready to get a little spicy, Captain. Yeah, Just I a think little. I think we've we've been talking we've been talking well enough <laughs> that we can okay. that we can get into this stew that I've been cooking up, right? I've been I've been preparing oh, yeah. this magnificent stew. I've been uh, this broth has been sitting here for years. I Who knows smell it. I'm elevating already. <laughs> Who knows if it's still <laughs> if it's still good, but we'll figure it out. Um, we are going to start with a quick opener by a reader called Kristoff. All right, I am gonna start because I want you to read his story for spiders. <laughs> you okay. Okay. you picked these this set of stories because um this author reads a story for arachnophobes so i want you to read that one <laughs> so i'm gonna Yay. read i'm gonna read the first thing he says um which doesn't have a title um the first yeah. the user's name was christoph on this forum oh and let me brief brief recap I got to treat every episode like it's a new episode. Brief recap for Not Hot But Spicy. The reason we're talking about it the way we are is because this website still exists, but the forum has been closed for a while. Um, Not Hot But Spicy was a forum that existed for a couple years in the like, 10 or so years ago in the early 2000s where different users would just log on and tell stories. It was very much an early or sidestepped kind of no sleep kind of creepypasta where uh, online fiction even non-fiction some of these stories feel very real sometimes and like i'm not gonna fault someone for thinking that mm. what they are writing is something they experienced i've experienced mm. a lot of scary shit i would i would love nothing more than to go and write about that scary shit on a forum and get people creeped out by it um you know, every, every episode we've read, I have no idea what number we're at so far. I'm going to figure it out when we post the episode. But we have to be somewhere on like the seventh or eighth not hot but spicy episode, right? So it's like we've been reading this for a while and each episode is different. Each episode is a mixed bag. We never know if someone's going to be telling something, you know, truthful or something, you know, trollish or something scary like we never know what we're going to get into. So just for all the people out there, um, not hot, but spicy is really fucking crazy. Um, and we're going to start with a user who is named Christoph, 
who wrote a short introduction before getting into a story about spiders or people afraid of spiders that I'm going to let <laughs> uh, Taurus Filth read after. So this is Kristoff's story. <laughs> great, great opening line. <laughs> <laughs> this freaked my shit out about nine years ago. Back when I was 17, my general physician retired and I got a new one. And during my physical, the new doctor realized I had a pretty ridiculous crooked spine. That's some scoliosis right there. Mm -hmm. I went to a specialist, blah, blah, blah. Six months later, I'm recovering from invasive back surgery. Fuck. Yeah. I got a titanium rod put in my lower back at a Catholic Mercy Hospital in Springfield, Missouri. I was not Catholic, but my mom said she lied and told them (laughs) to make sure I would be treated well. (laughs) Very good. Each day I'd walk once just for a few minutes. A cadaver's bone marrow had been inserted in between each of my wacky vertebrae. Holy shit, I've heard about that. Like using using Sorry. dead material to reinforce organically. Yeah, out of it. And had yet to harden into the new bone. Thus, with each walk, I swear I could feel my backbones grinding on one another. I also had a catheter in. I have a horror story of a different kind pertaining to that little device. Three <laughs> tubes in my lungs and an IV bag. I was generally disabled and helpless. Holy shit. Mm. After I got out of the ICU, there for observation, I was moved to a normal room which had an extra bed with no one in it. Throughout the day, my family would hang out. I'd watch Blind Date on TV and drift in and out of sleep. A few days before I was scheduled to be released, I had been watching TV, sleeping on and off ad infinitum. I woke up around 3 or 4 in the morning and realized I couldn't reach the TV remote without a lot of painful moving around, so I just kind of laid there, unhappy with my current reality. I spaced out, eyes totally open, mega bored, trying not to concentrate on how much it hurt to breathe. I had just been weaned off of painkillers. Holy shit. And then I heard something shuffle. Without my room door being open, I'd know if it had opened. Hospitals are always filled with blinding fluorescence. But my room remained devoid of light. Someone had come inside. Out of the shadows, the figure of an old 80-year-old being low estimate. None emerged. I'm getting those nun vibes from that awful movie. (laughs) Decked out in full old-timey nun attire. Yeah, yeah, this dude likes The Mm. Conjuring for sure. She She slowly walked up to me and asked if I wanted a particular prayer or blessing. And absentmindedly, I said, No thanks, I'm not actually Catholic. (laughs) and a hateful expression fell across her face and without a word she walked backwards into the shadow and seemed to leave without the door appearing to open I told my mom about it and she found it strange no nuns had ever visited her in any hospital and this is a weird ass hour for one to show up in my room The next night I was still engaged in my routine of TV and naps and I had muted the TV and drifted off. 
but I woke up and I noticed the TV, which was directly in front of me and mounted to the ceiling. It was briefly confused by the people moving their mouths without making any sound. The nun was standing against the wall underneath the TV, and her hands were at her sides, poised like those of a gunslinger. No Bible or rosary on her person, plus she had that hateful visage. I said, Hello? And she remained motionless for half a commercial break. She then left again, watching me the whole time. It happened the next day, too. Though that time she left as soon as we made eye contact. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> the final night passed and she didn't show up, and while a nurse was removing the various needles and tubes from my wrists in preparation for me to go home, I asked her what the deal with the nun was that was showing up every night at in the dark 030 in the morning. None? She gave me a skeptical glance and looked at my medication chart and shook her head and shrugged. That was it. <laughs> Edit. This actually happened. It was disturbing. Thinking about it now, the nun with hands ready to shoot seems pretty comical. Kristoff, <laughs> you bastard. That that was that was terrifying. I would be terrified of an old yeah. woman nun judging me silently in a room. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, I was I was picturing the conjuring nun the whole time. Fuck Valak. Anyways. Valak just looking real like she got a, you know, a tummy ache. Fucking <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> hell. What a great start. So, um Christoph yeah. apparently wrote uh a Christoph's trauma apparently continued. And uh Christoph wrote a story called Personal story for arachnophobes out there. Um, quick question, Kitty. Mm -hmm. Are you afraid of spiders? No, I am not. Uh, when I was a kid, I didn't want to kill any of them because I thought if I killed them, then I would be reincarnated as that spider, like mm. that same exact spider, and watch myself killing myself. <laughs> How old, how old up, do you think you were? Uh, eight, nine, something around there. Pretty serious <laughs> thoughts for an eight or nine year old. I was really lonely. Here's the funny thing, though. I had the same exact mm -hmm. fucking thoughts when I was a kid. I, hey. I never wanted to step on ants. I always found bugs very interesting. Um, it wasn't until I met bugs that can hurt you that I was mm. like, yo, fuck bugs. Yeah. <laughs> but um yeah. Really just like the 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 bad ones. Um even even annoying regular bugs around here, mm. I I just kind of I'll I'll save them and I'll put them somewhere else. The um the worst experiences I have, I wouldn't say I'm an arachnophobe, no. If I see a spider, I usually go, "Oh, cool," and then walk very far away from it. <laughs> Um, okay, I'm the opposite. When I see one, I go, oh, cool, and walk directly towards it. <laughs> <laughs> see, here's, there's only, I only have a visceral reaction to, like, to, like, one type of bug. Mm. And it's those house centipedes with, like, a thousand legs. The, uh, oh. the ones, the ones that eat, like, spiders and flies and stuff. Um, oh, okay, you, we the, don't have those here. Okay, um, in in Japan, you can buy them as pets because they... Oh, yeah. 
essentially what they what they do is they feed on other bugs. They don't yeah. they don't they don't annoy humans. They don't feed on humans. They don't they, they don't get anything from humans. Um, the problem is they're so goddamn ugly and terrifying to me that I have a visceral reaction when I see them and I almost yeah. have to kill them. And I feel no qualms about it because if I'm going to be brought back in, in my, in my reincarnated life as a, as a thousand legged monstrosity, <laughs> I want to kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> so here's, so here's the thing. I once told a story on the show. I forget what episode early 100s, somewhere in the first hundred episodes where I was sitting one night on my, on my back in my living room on my couch watching TV mm. and I look up at the ceiling and I heard something and one of those bugs, I shit you not fell directly from the ceiling onto my, onto oh. my, onto my fucking chest. And I, no. sc and I screamed like a little fucking girl and I got up oh and I slapped God. it off of me and then I stomped Yeet. and I stomped it repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm traumatized. So so when it comes to arachnophobes, I'm not going to say I'm like afraid of spiders. I'm not going to say like, yo, if a spider were crawling on me right now, my reaction would be like to flick it off. But mm. but like I wouldn't hunt it down and kill it with fire, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think I have a. I do think I have a pretty general fear about the idea of a black widow. And it's because they do exist yeah. in my temperate zone. Yeah. Yeah. Like wh where I live, those spiders exist. So yeah. I do think I have a fear of that, but I, I don't yeah. think I've ever like, not to my knowledge, have been bitten by a spider. So it's hard to tell if I need uh, to fear sure. something like that. It's more of a fear of the unknown, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause you never know, like, how many spiders are in your house? There's just, there's never knowing that, that metric. So, yeah. So if I were just told, like, if this was like some Sims game that I could tap into the matrix and be like, how many spiders are in my house? <laughs> and then, and then I found out there were like 18. And then I asked, yeah. and then I asked the computer, like how many of them can harm me? And it says like nine, I think I'd burn yeah. my house down. <laughs> you know, at that point, I'm starting to sound like an arachnophobe, aren't I? Just a little, just a little a bit. <laughs> no, that's fair. Um, yeah, uh, the worst one we've got are called white tails, but they're only really poisonous to humans if they've eaten a lot of daddy long legs. But there's no way to know right. if, if how many daddy long legs they've eaten. But they can be quite uh, toxic and fatal to pets. But those are the only spiders I've killed. Uh, when I was living rough for a while, uh, I got, I've now gotten to the point where if I feel something tickling on my face or down my back yeah. and I'm pretty sure it's an insect, my first reaction now I've noticed is I slowly reach down and scoop it up instead of like jerk reaction, get it off me. <laughs> I do, now, like, I do a brush. I do a brush. I don't yeah. immediately go for a slap. I, I do a brush because yeah. I because I feel like if something were on me I I just want to get it off I don't necessarily want to kill yeah. it on me either. Um, 
oh hey you've seen me with my bees so i'm 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 a lot more comfortable you with, are like, really fucking friendly with bees <laughs> and as someone who is probably allergic to them bless yeah pop, pop yeah. A bless pop a bless because i would probably die i would yeah. probably die yeah um yeah, we don't. my my mom my sister my brother are all allergic and oh, shit. Yeah. when I was, they say it's like the second sting that you find out. And as a kid, oh, I shit. only remember being stung by a wasp and I didn't have any sort of reaction. So what? Yeah, no, I, I mean, okay. no, 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 no. Like it hurt. And I was like, fucking wasp. Yeah. Like, but I, I, I was, I may, I was maybe 11, you know? So, uh, yeah. yeah. So like I pretty much just cried about it and then went back to doing whatever I was doing. I think I was swimming. Right. In a, I was swimming in a pool, I think. Yeah. And I got out and I ran around the pool and I got stung by something and I just went ow and I cried about it for a minute and then I went back into the pool and I, you know, I was traumatized You're but I, I I kept living my life. So yeah. Um, you know I haven't I haven't ever been stung again. Um, but. I'm not I'm not looking to put myself into situations where I can be. You know, it's yeah. not on my it's not on my list of to do's. Um yeah. being I'm very being much looking old. forward. <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to summer when the bees come back and then I can put honey all over my face and I'll have a bee mask. I'm so excited for that. Yeah, you were like wearing them before yeah they might yeah. they might as well have been just like jewelry or a facial appendage the last yeah, time much. yeah you can make like a little a little mustache and just have fuzzy little bees sitting on your face yeah dude yeah um, dude you'll be all the right. first person i send pictures to <laughs> please do please do um go <laughs> ahead go ahead and read this short story uh, by Kristoff for for all us arachnophobes out there. As I slowly come oh. to realize that I am, <laughs> I am probably an arachnophobe. All right, personal story for the arachnophobes out there. My grandfather often decided to pick up and move to different parts of the country on a whim. He and my grandmother were heading to the coast to find a place to retire, but he was traveling in autumn and the Arkansas or Ozarks seduced him. Ah, almost got me with that Arkansas over there. <laughs> what with the beauty of the changing leaves and the rugged cliffs and low cost of living. He stopped at a restaurant and asked strangers about houses for sale and he met a young couple that happened to be selling their home. The house was located on a steep hill overlooking a quiet road beyond which lay a sheer limestone cliff with a forested wetland area beyond. It was very old, but patches of it were lovingly cared for. The couple had installed an enormous porch, huge glass sliding doors, and painted a, the once grey brick a garish red. Garish? Garish? Garish yeah. red. Yeah. Yeah. They also installed a circular garden in the centre of the front lawn, which is where the ashes of all my departed dogs are scattered. R.I.P. Little pups. Mm. Rest in peace indeed. My grandparents loved it, despite the steep driveway and unfinished basement. The couple quickly offered the property to my grandparents at an unusually low price. I wonder why. I, mm, 
My grandmother wanted to jump on the deal, but Grandpa asked point blank, why was it so cheap? The couple explained that they had lost literally their 11-month-old child in that home and the oh. place had become unendurable. Aw, oh, damn. Yeah. Grandpa was allegedly so moved by their story, he bought the house then and there to relieve them of their burden and my grandmother slipped them some extra money because that's just how she is. They moved in. Fast forward nine years. My father was in the military, so our nuclear family moved around quite often, but a month of each summer was spent there in Arkansas. We would help keep the place clean, my parents doing the real work, and me and my older brother doing miscellaneous tasks that still resulted in poison oak rashes and dozens of mosquito and tick bites, like picking up sticks before mowing, sweeping, weed pulling, etc. I was always afraid of the basement, it was filled with spiders, mud, dalba, nests, and there was a carpet of dead, dried insects and some small animals all over the concrete floor. The basement was also barely even a basement. It was more a crawl space with a narrow walkable trench pitted out. The crawl area extended under the entirety of the house and was about chest height when standing in the trench and the basement portion was about the width and length of, say, a Lincoln Continental and filled with old tools and decaying boxes. I guess that's just the end of the story there. I don't know uh, what's nice. I don't know what's so uh <laughs> I don't know what's so arachnophobic about that. Mm, Other than creepy basements and dead baby house. Yeah. More like a was... more like a sad story for all the parents out there. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> it's your worst like fear. Kid... It's your worst fear realized reading a story with no real end. <laughs> God fucking damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the <laughs> thing. Here's the thing. Is the title alluding to the fact that they think they lost their child from some type of insect or is it just the kid died what's what's the illusion here why is this a story for arachnophobes is it because Kristoff is just dumb I don't know just, <laughs> just, you can't wrap your head around it that's okay I, 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 ne I need my closure about the spiders okay so Fucking blah 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 did ins did insects and then uh, as they went further into the crawl space they found a pile of baby clothes and blankets and a pile of dead spiders boom there you go ending sort of <laughs> ending sort of <laughs> all right um we are going to move forward let me see if it is. No, it is not the next. Oh, yes, it is the next one. Okay. We're just going to continue. Um, I'm going okay. to take the next one, which fun name. Um, it's just the user's, uh, the username for this author. There is no uh, title to the story, but I do like the username. It is Citizen Insane. Uh, mm -hmm. Very, very Citizen Kane, but Citizen Insane. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a lot of ghost stories being rather Scully-esque in my view of this shit, which means uh, dubious at best, very uh, 
um what's what's the word yeah oh, yep, yep. to be to be a total skeptic of all things ghost related all the spooky spooks that go on in the night Gotcha. There are things we can't explain that, but there were a lot more of those a hundred years ago, and the further we go, the less that will be the case. Most things have a rational explanation, even if it's currently unknown. Something about the way a lot of ghosts behave like recordings, repeating the same paths over and over and over, makes me believe they're going to turn out to be pretty mundane. That said... <laughs> <laughs> that said, I, I'm a skeptic, but <laughs> my folks live in a very rural part of East Texas, 20 miles from the ass and nowhere down a dirt road that is locally known to be ooh, spooky, ooky, haunted. <laughs> it's in the deep woods there, and there are hundreds of legends about it. Teenagers go there to drink and scare each other and fuck. You know the type of place. Every small town has one. I've never been too bothered being A, a pathologically rational person, and B, raised on the stretch, but it can get a little creepy at night. My worries tend to be more about drunken redneck sociopaths. <laughs> Very true in Texas, you know. Um, or cougars. Yeah, fucking lions, mountain lions, fucking terrifying. Mm. Um, then a ghost stage coast. Or a goat man. <laughs> Hell yeah, skinwalkers. <laughs> or whatever the fuck people have decided is hiding in the woods, though. You know, things can actually cause you... Things that can actually cause you bodily harm. <laughs> yeah. So occasionally I'll go to visit because they get lonely out there and I'm nothing if not a dutiful daughter. Oh, it's a daughter. I can deal with the creepy vibe of the area, but once or twice recently, things have gone down and I am at a complete fucking loss to explain them, no matter how hard I try. Both have to do with voices inside and outside of the house. Fuck that, dude. Some If I hear mm. some voice in my house and I know for a fact I'm alone, I, I'm yeah. going to pull the cannibal method and just fucking ignore it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the best way. If anything, just start saying "shut up" <laughs> under my breath. Yeah, yeah. Shut up, yeah. go That's away. What I did, my childhood ghost. Childhood ghost? Do you have childhood ghost memories? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It got to the point where it was just in my face all the time, and I'd just be like, "Ugh, go away!" And pull the blankets <laughs> over me. What type of what, what? Can you describe the ghost at all? Uh, it was very poltergeisty. So. Uh, I my dad was a night shift truck driver at the time, and so I thought it was him almost every morning at about three three a.m. Uh, opening and slamming shut the utensils drawer. Mm. And uh, what was the other things? Oh yeah, the uh, just a weird dark shadow figure coming right up to my face. Oh, and uh, clicking on my walls, and then when I go to where the clicking was, it would immediately change to the other wall. Huh. So just some tom fuckery, basically. Yeah, yeah. Just a lot of tomfuckery, a lot of annoying shit. You're trying to sleep. Can't sleep yeah. with all these shadows rustling my shit. Yeah, yeah. You just end up telling it to fuck off, go away, right. and pull the covers over your head and get on with it. <laughs> Very good. Time number one, I was sitting on my couch one night reading a book. A friend was with me, my dad was outside, and my mother was upstairs taking a shower. 
I heard her shut the door, distinctly heard the water begin to run, and was therefore pretty fucking surprised when she called my name from the landing above. Her voice was croaky, like she had a frog caught in her throat, and she sounded old. She's 48. Which is to say that she's not old. So to sound ancient Mm. is crazy. Yeah, I say. No answer. Hey, Mom, do you need something? Hello? No answer. Friend and I look at each other, roll our eyes, go back to our respective books. When my dad comes in from outside, I ask him to go see what she wanted. He goes upstairs, but when he gets there, she's in the shower. Huh? Okay, maybe she got out. Yelled at me for some reason, and then jumped back in, because... Like all mothers, she's sort of bonkers. I wait until she gets out, and then I ask her about it. Hey, did you need something from me earlier? Earlier, she says. Yeah, when you called me. And she furrows her brow and looks at me funny, and the hairs go up on the back of my fucking neck, because my mother isn't a bullshitter. I didn't say your name. The friend heard it. I fucking heard it, and it was neither the wind, the pipes, swamp gas reflecting off Venus, or Bigfoot (laughs) dangling his dick in my ear. It was an old woman saying my name, and someday I'm going to figure out what the fuck happened that night. It's an interesting place, that farm. The woods around the area are full of old settlements and houses and graves swallowed up by vegetation and loblollies. Hell... There's an old house site actually on property. The foundation in the vegetable garden they planted. Garlic still comes up every year. Attest to that shit. Even a rational brain can look at the dried up well and the pile of bricks and start making stories up. History, eh? Gotta love it. (laughs) Fantastic. Fantastic. Love that shit. Yeah. That was a little bit more spicy. I like that. It was a good, good morsel. <laughs> yeah, I love when they have a good sense of humor about it. Um, yeah. You are going to read the next story by user named Corridor, who the story is named Watching Waiting. Okay. Two things I hate. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I like I, it depends movie. on what I'm watching, but I'm more so of the of the context of being watched. Ah, uh, yep, fair. <laughs> yeah, that's it's creepy. Alrighty, watching, waiting. My mother is a nurse. I don't know what the correct name or terminology is because I have a deplorable deplorable lack of interest in her profession but she is specifically the type of nurse who spends a lot of time working in the cancer treatment wards of hospitals. She is a very outgoing and friendly person, that sort of cheery soul who instantly is on a first-name basis with everyone she meets. When I was home from school sick as a little kid, I always thought she was a pretty rotten nurse, but apparently all her patients really liked her. (laughs) It's always the way when, when you're the parent healer. Yeah. My kid's a little piece of shit, but I gotta pay the bills, so I'm gonna be nice to all my patients. Yeah, that's it. One of the patients she cared for was Jan, an elderly woman with cancer. I can't remember if it was specifically a brain tumor that Jan had or not. I really hope so. (laughs) Apparently, 
Apparently Jan was a typical grandmotherly old lady, even-tempered and well-spoken. One morning, my mother walked into Jan's room to administer various patient care and noticed Jan was talking to someone. Oh, no. Someone, someone who wasn't there. My mother is perfectly at ease with crazy and asked Jan who she was talking to because she had sounded like she was scolding this invisible someone. Oh, it's those things again. They're always around, staring. That one was trying to sit on my bed. That one there, do you see? Go away, you nasty thing. She flapped her hand. Oh my god. My mother... <laughs> my mother was curious and questioned Jan further on those things. Here's what she found out. They look more or less like people, but are skeletally thin and completely naked with pale green skin and large staring eyes. Those sound like more this. like aliens. <laughs> yeah, right? Like this. Jan demonstrated by putting her fingers to her face and making owl eyes. <laughs> Their grinning mouths span from ear to ear, full of sharp teeth. There are lots of them, and they are everywhere. They always just stand silently and stare, watching everyone all the time. I don't like that. Nope. <sighs> Jen told this to my mother in a perfectly calm and even tone and seemed far more irritated by them than afraid. <laughs> she seemed perfectly lucid and displayed no other hallucinatory effects regarding her medication or various people or anything like that. She just saw those things that no one else could see. I love that Jan isn't afraid. She's just, like, inconvenienced. She's like, will you yeah. fuck off? I'm trying to watch the TV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> My mother asked her how many of these things were usually around. Oh, a few. They're always in groups, you know. When the nurses wheel me around, there are always some in the halls or the wards just hanging about. So, how many are in here with us right now? My mother asked. Oh, there's about five right now. There's one that was on my bed over by the wall, and that one sitting there on the table. It came in with you. It's looking at you right now. It has been this whole time. My mother stopped asking questions after that. Jan didn't mention the green things again either. She didn't seem to think them worth much discussion. She died from the cancer a few months later. I guess I understand Three. now why um, Corridor uh, said that it was a brain tumor, like hoping it was a brain tumor so that it was something uh, that, was a, yeah. that was affecting Jan's perception. Yeah, fully. Interesting. Yeah, wow interesting oh just real quickly have you heard of this real story of a woman who kept hearing voices and they kept like telling her go to the doctor get a checkup get an mri get a scan blah 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 and she just get frustrated and be like okay fine and then the doctors would be like there's nothing there and she'd be like like have to tell them in a way like i'm getting voices telling me to do this please just check this and went through multiple doctors Turns out she did have a brain tumor and these voices in her head guided her through the whole process until the tumor was removed and she never heard the voices again. Out of Holy it. Holy shit, are you serious? 
Yeah, it's a real thing. Well, how do you fucking do to that person and their own, you know, well-being, listening to their inner self? Yeah. I mean, damn, my body's telling yeah. me, like, I want more tacos and, you know, like... <laughs> If my body was telling me like it's a tumor, like I guess I would be, I'd be a little bit more concerned with myself, I suppose. Yeah, dude. Uh, Damn. Come through, spirit Yeah. Anyway, no that that story was awesome, and I like Jan, and I like her little gremlins that she's seeing walking around. Um. Yeah. We're, we're going to head on to the next author here. I think the name is Cole Rephobia. He has a yep. couple Cole, Cole Rephobia. I'm going to, I'm, uh, th they have a couple stories to tell. They're going to tell three of them. Um, the first one I'm going to read is going to, is going to be called the wall caller. The one that you're going to read is, oh no, I'm seeing something else here. Man on the Rim of the World. Okay. You're going to read Wall Caller then. Um, okay. Okay. So, uh, Colrophobia has a, has a little introduction and then gets into a series of stories and we'll, we'll just get into them as it, as it continues. But, um, this first one is called the man on the rim of the world. Strange things have happened to my family for as long as I knew the concept of life or was a part of it myself. In typical wishy-washy agnostic fashion, I don't necessarily claim to wholeheartedly believe that said occurrences cross over from the simply strange and into the paranormal, but the interpretation of such is highly understandable, and I myself can offer no better explanation. Uh, basically what um, the last reader said, which is like, I'm a skeptic. I can't, I can't get, I don't understand this shit, but, uh, creepy shit has happened. Nonetheless, mm. it's gone down. this is my first story in both my first post and my first recollection of anything strange. The man on the rim of the world. I had a troubled upbringing in a troubled family. Our issues forcing us from place to place throughout North America always leaving me with a distinct sense of where, but never a sense of why. I was just past the toddler stage at this point, so I don't suppose the why was so important, so long as I was fed and had a toy or two to keep me company. Despite my vivid recollection of detail in our multiple residencies, they did tend to blend together unless affixed by some importance. Somehow our latest move brought us to Colorado and to a strange old house I wouldn't have remembered if not for what had happened inside of it foreboding mm. for years i doubted this occurrence as anything other than recalled dream from an overimaginative child but why this specific memory held memories of finest detail of that house i couldn't quite explain it wasn't until i brought it all up with my mother that i realized that it had not been a dream at all first i jogged her memory on the house and a fleeting sense of discomfort passed over her reluctantly she told me that circumstances of our arrival, typical financial difficulties and such, but there was an uniqueness, a unique, uniqueness to this place. 
First were the terrible migraines she experienced there alone, something that nearly led to several unsavory accidents. Second was the only other poignant memory I had of that area, the terrible car accident we'd been in shortly after moving there. These were not without an explanation. A change in climate, anything can cause a car accident, there was a mix of stressors on the situation. I'd been entirely shocked if what was to come could be explained by climate change, however. The memory of that night is what painted my vision of the house forever. I can recall, in near-perfect detail, the way my mother and I sat in the living room, as one does. It was a strange structure, perfectly circular, with some manner of strange pillar wall in the center, and a couch around the perimeter of the entire room. The slatted blinds were snugly closed, and I was tired from a hard day's work of doing whatever children do. What I also remember is the detail of our conversation as we talked of our childish aspirations, her asking me what I'd do if I could wish upon a star, get a cat, or go to Disney, of course. We were interrupted, however, when an image of a man, clear as day, ran across the wall before us. Ooh. I I wouldn't say he was clear. It was more of a shadow with far too much definition. Two-dimensional, it seemed him projected on the wall, but there was an almost cartoonishly accurate way in which he was silhouetted that we could distinguish his nose from the edge of his hat and the briefcase in his hand. He ran from one end of the wall pillar thing to the other and promptly vanished. My mother and I sat in dread silence and I attempted to break it with a suggestion, the brain's compensation for the absurd, that the shadow had somehow been my father's. But all that she could do was tell me that he was not home yet, nor was he expected, and that's where the memory ends. Though we both remember the man on the wall, there's a blank spot immediately after, and she laughed it away, suggested she probably did something to usher me to bed and try not to freak out in front of her kid, but we can't really put a finger on what exactly happened after that. I don't remember ever seeing him again, but my mom did leave me one last note of uncanniness, one that I didn't actually remember. I was a particularly brave and stalwart child to where it was the point of ego for me, fiercely independent for that age. And that's why my mother thought it was strange that more nights than not spent in that home, I would be rushing to my parents' bed in the dead of night for no reason other than being afraid. Perhaps I don't want to remember why. Ooh, creepy. As, as no, a thanks. kid myself... Um, I really just, I had a lot of nightmares. I had a very overactive imagination. So like my mom would say that like, I'd do that stereotypical thing where I'd like stand next to her bed and she'd freak out waking up with like a kid two inches from her face <laughs> and try to, try to not punch me immediately Yeah, out of fear. Yeah. <laughs> or there were days where she would go to step out of bed and she'd almost step on me because she'd realize I'd made a little nest right next to her side of the bed. 
mate. Is this, is this the house that was haunted that you used no, to live in? No, this is my childhood home. Uh, unfortunately, I wish it were. I wish it were grandma's house. No, gr- grandma's house was the house I moved to when I was like twelve. So the. The, night, the nightmares and stuff had stopped by that point. I'm talking when I was like maybe like four or five years old, like half half as old. Yeah. Um, but still, like when I whenever I had a you know trouble sleeping, I would go to my mom's room and just sleep there because I felt like um, being in her presence, being in my parents' presence, was easier than being on mm. my own. Yeah, definitely. Anyway. It looks, I don't know, I think this is a continuation of Colrophobia's stories. Um, I did space it out, though, so it might be different. This might just be a random next story, but I'm going to let you take it. It's called The Wall Caller. Cool. Okay. I was partway through my first year of study on the West Coast when I suddenly became in need of a new place to live. In an expensive city with not much cash to spare, I wound up going away with with a couple of friends and renting a room out of a historic long-term hotel in the seedy part of town. The building was a hundred some years old and it showed with slanted floors and a healthy supply of cockroaches. Fun! Nonetheless, it was a grand improvement from what the building had been before its renovations a few years prior. And for a place so easy to move into, so close to everything I needed, it was a fair trade-off. My room was small and the bathrooms and kitchen were in a common area. I had my own sink, a big radiator and some mysterious exposed pipes running from the ceiling through the floor. Whatever this building was, it had character. And of course, upon telling friends and family of the age of my new abode, among their first questions was an inquiry as to its haunted status. (laughs) My answer was that it wasn't. Despite its age, I'd never heard reports of anything weird happening there. And if anything had, you'd think the staff would have jumped on it. Haunted hotels make for good tourism after all, something many other local hotels have taken advantage of. One thing did put me out of sorts, though, something I never thought much of until much later. (laughs) Much, muchly later. Muchly, much. A couple weeks... (laughs) A couple weeks after I initially moved in, I started hearing a distinct knocking on the wall. I was in the unit at the end of the hall, and given it was the wall opposite of one dividing my neighbour and I, that didn't make much sense. It was loud and distinct enough that several times I found myself going to answer my door, thinking that's where the noise originated, only to find a completely empty hallway. And though the guy in the unit above me is loud, this noise was nothing like the noises I frequently heard from him. I figured the noise to be coming from the other side of the wall, another room perhaps, or even the building next to ours. Maybe it was a staff room or an old stairwell? When I figured this, I probably forgot about the knocking on the walls, and whenever I heard it from then on, I continued in my belief that it was just the room on the other side. So I pushed it out of my mind. Then one day I was walking home. For some reason, it entered my mind, and wondering still what I heard for sure, 
looked up at the building as I passed. That's when I discovered what was on the other side of the wall. Nothing. There was nothing. From where I stood, I could clearly see my window and the thin wall that divided it from the empty air. The neighboring building was much too short to transfer its noise to ours. No room in that wall for a closet or stairwell. The noise stopped after I told it to. I wonder what would have happened had I asked it to come in. <laughs> Very accurate do-do-do Twilight yeah. Zone noises. Um, here's the thing, though. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, pipes and house settling and noises and uh, animals. Like, there's a lot of... There's a lot of things to jump to before you jump to my apartment is haunted. Like, mm. like if I'm, if I'm still talking about grandma's house, like the house made noises a lot and like, it always made the same noises. Like, you know, it, it, it was nothing to say that like it, it had some, humanly characteristic like repetitiveness to it like no like the house just it creaked the same way often you Mm. know like yeah and 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 near the latter end of my staying there squirrels had infested in our attic so i just i heard random shit in the middle of the night you know and like yeah my room was next to nothing my room, my room mm. was directly next to the outside. So like my, my first assumption wasn't, oh, my room is fucking haunted. No, my first assumption was there's something in the goddamn wall. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, like, like there's something crawling around in here and it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> so yeah, I moved really. to the basement so I didn't have to hear that shit anymore. Yeah, true. But anyway, interesting. I'd, mm. I'd much rather hear someone get spooked than be rational. So that's fine. Um, yeah. I'm going to skip the next one and let you read that one. Um, okay. But I'm because I want to read the funny one after that. <laughs> okay. This one sounds Hi. this one sounds right up my alley. Um, the Phantom of the Silly Tourist <laughs> Dinner Theater. <laughs> Fucking A. Yep, that is so you. Okay, cool. Before I left home, I had a brief stint of waiting in a dinner theater in my hometown. Familiar with many of the staff members already, it wasn't too hard to fall into the rhythm of things, and it was a demanding but fun way to make bank. Despite the rustic cabin design, the building is fairly new and devoid of murderous history, having known most of the members since the building opened. So what happened next became all the more strange. It had been working... I had been working there for several months, and when summer came, it hosted a theater day camp for young kids. Classes during the day, regular scheduled show at night. Naturally, there was bathroom breaks throughout the day, and I noticed that several of the young girls were afraid of using the woman's bathroom. I didn't take much note of it. The bathroom was huge, with a heavy loud door and a creepy white noise in the background that I could understand weirding out kids. It was to a point where some of the girls wouldn't even use the bathroom unless I stood there with them by the sinks. But kids will be kids, right? 
The next night after the kids had gone home, I went into the bathroom to change from my camp clothes into my regular work attire. And somebody in the stall next to me was having some kind of issue. <laughs> Thumping around on the walls and messing with the toilet paper dispenser. Really having a fucking go at it. Eventually they quieted and I stepped out of the stall and came face to face with the long sink mirror that showed every single other stall with the doors wide open, completely empty. Like I said, the door to those bathrooms was huge and due to some mechanism thumped open and shut, I hadn't heard it do that either. Suffice to say, I left pretty quickly. The head waitress, an older woman with a chip on her shoulder who took no shit from us youngins, was out sick for about a week. The night she returned was the night I decided to tell my weird bathroom story to another co-worker. She was a humorous girl who scared easily, so regardless of what had actually happened in the bathroom, I dismissed it as having some sort of logical explanation. It would still be funny to freak her out. So I tell her what happened, and she predictably freaks out, and our head waitress overhears the word ghost and looks at us deadly serious. You heard her too? <laughs> what? <laughs> she begins to tell us a far creepier tale than the knocking around in the bathroom. This woman was usually the last one left in the theater at night, and the rest of us usually having left around midnight. She stays back so that she can make sure everything was locked up before setting the alarm and leaving. So one of the nights before she got sick, she was doing just that out in the theater lobby in the darkness, getting ready to lock up when behind her, she hears a woman say hello. She turns around, greeting the stage manager who she thought had stayed behind that night. Only the lobby was empty, save for the still darkness. She never set the alarm faster in her life. So this was strange. We both had an unexplained experience within a couple days, yet had never said anything to one another to plant the haunted seed. That was a bit too uncanny of a coincidence for me, but after that, nothing really strange happened again until after I moved away. The knives continued to fog up whenever we put them out, despite vigorous polishing, but I always blame that on the humidity, which is fair. A couple years passed, I'm away at school, the theater falls on hard times, and due to the drama and the management, an old friend of mine is hired as the lighting sound tech despite his relative inexperience and more of their desperation. I'd been thinking about my strange experiences at that time, and thanks to the essay and the previous ghost story thread, of course, you decided to hit him up on Instant Messenger. I approached the subject carefully and casually, simply asking him, has anything weird happened while working there? And he didn't miss a beat before replying, yeah, it's totally haunted. <laughs> Several times it happening to him and it far more interesting than some toilet paper rattling. The basement. He hated the basement. It was huge, stored with mountains of old theater props and backup condiments. And it was also where he had to go if he wanted to retrieve replacement bulbs for any of the main lights. So, with no other option, he'd descend from the dark backstage down the narrow staircase, one step by step, knowing what would greet him at the bottom. It was eight feet tall and solid shadow, though its form gave the illusion of a man in an overcoat. It rarely moved and only watched, appearing in impossible places. 
The only time it did move was the first time he saw it, standing directly in front of the boiler room, before turning around and walking through the door. <laughs> I later realized that the boiler room was directly beneath the woman's bathroom, and for the life of me, we couldn't understand why this place was haunted. It was new, the land untouched before it was built. No one had ever been killed inside, and no major players of the theater's inception had died. The best we could figure was that it had something to do with the wood they used to build it, which had been harvested from a long-abandoned farmhouse. My mother is still pretty good friends with many of the members of the theater crew, and once I finally told her about the creepy things that had happened, she told me it was nothing new. Rumors of strange things had plagued that building since it was built, and they continue even now. I'll have to ask her if she knows of any specific new ones. Creepy. The, that was a good the eight foot tall uh, uh, overcoat man reminds me of uh, Haunting of Hill House. Oh, uh, yes. The, the tall man that, that haunts um, the youngest kid. Yeah, dude. Uh, Lu Lucas, I think his name is. Um, yeah. Anyway, we're going to backtrack and I'm going to let you read Ghost Pup. Yay! Cute little ghost pup, cute little ghost pup. <laughs> okay, ghost pup. It was with great misfortune that it came to be our childhood pet of many years was diagnosed with cancer and soon after passed away. Rest in peace, little guy. Oh, little girl. She was a Rottweiler, gentle as a kitten and always there when you needed her. So, to my 14-year-old self and my 10-year-old brother, it was a little devastating, especially when she was the first pet we ever lost. We had great memories of her, her fondness for carrots, her love for frisbee, even the growling bark she invented for when she wanted to go outside. But now they were only memories. So, it was with some confusion that one night in the week following her passing, a lot of us came to from our respective rooms into the hall, having just heard that bark. All of us heard it, that distinctive noise, and it was the last time we ever would. It must have been our ghost pooch asking to be let out one last time. We like to think that dogs do go to heaven after all. That's a sweet little story. I I would love for some little, you know, some little ghost pup to to give me one last, you know, one last little goodbye before peace and Yeah. Yeah, fully. Sometimes I swear I still see like the image of my cat that passed away in the in the corner of my in my peripherals. Yeah. yeah. Going about stuff. Mm. I, I I miss my cat so much. He was he was just the best fucking cat in the world. And I've yeah. I've never met another cat like him. So it's just every once in a while when I'm like um when I'm over at my, my girl's house and I'm like petting her cats, I'm just like, You in there? Is is he is, yeah. is, is he re is he reincarnated? Are you <laughs> are, do you remember me? Are you there? Um, it's yeah. just, it's just something, uh, there's just something funny about how, um, how he would act. And that's just, I, I don't, I don't know. I've never seen it replicated by another cat and I'm just constantly on the look for it. 
Yeah, yeah, I feel that definitely. All right, um, I think this is going to be the last one, um, and I'm going to go ahead and read it. I don't know if it's a username or if it's the story, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but it's called Cracker Man. <laughs> Isn't that like super offensive over there? I mean, I I don't know if anyone would get like throw up arms being called Cracker, but like, uh. <laughs> I mean, it, it certainly is a derogatory term, Cracker. Yeah. But I don't, I don't yeah. know. I feel like it's just a username, a, a guy calling himself Cracker Man. Like, Maybe it's, he it's, just really likes crackers. I mean, there's that side of it, or it's just self-referential, and he's just like saying, oh, yeah, I know it. I'm a Cracker. <laughs> yep, yep, good on him. When I arrived home, I was drunk. <laughs> I was very drunk. Drunk enough that it took me a long time to actually get inside the house. Fumbling my keys out of my pocket and dropping them, swaying down to pick them up, then having to concentrate exceptionally hard to direct them into the keyhole and shove the door open, barely managing not to pitch forward onto my face as I danced carefully over the threshold. (laughs) If I was so drunk that getting through a door was hard work, you'd be forgiven for writing off what happened, since an elevated blood alcohol level makes for an unreliable narrator. Fair enough, except for the fact that while there are a lot of things from that night that I had had that have been replaced with a scene missing card. What happened once I was home still sticks out like fresh scar tissue on a stretch of pale skin. I rattled into the house after shouldering the door shut, trying not to fall asleep on it as I locked it, shedding my rain-damp coat and throwing my wallet onto the stairs for some reason after making sure I still had it with me. I floated into the living room in a daze, not bothering with the light and dropping into the armchair facing the front window. The curtains were wide open, but the blinds were shut. The world was invisible, save for the comfortable orange of the streetlight outside the house bleeding through. I sat there for a while with my eyes closed, feeling the numbness in my teeth and sorting the night's events into some kind of order. When I opened my eyes, I noticed something. This something was such a surprise that it crystallized everything that happened just before and right after from the boozy mist. There was someone at the window. Silhouetted on the blinds by the orange glow was a figure. Whether it was my eyes or the blinds that made it hazy, I don't know. But it was there, a long figure tapering up the shoulders and a head standing completely still. And for a while, I don't know how long, I sat there and frowned, trying to process what I was looking at. Had I brought someone home with me and then drunkenly locked them out and forgotten about them? Had someone followed me all the way back? I stood up and made my unsteady way toward the window. So far, there was a variety of realistic explanations for what I was seeing, but things began to fall apart quickly once I decided to investigate. Suddenly, I felt overwhelmed. Something was wrong. There was a weight in the pit of my stomach and a thickness in my head. My tongue felt too big for my mouth. My eyes didn't sit right in their sockets. You can put it down to drink if you want, but I remember the feeling very clearly, and it was nothing I'd ever felt because of alcohol before. 
It was stepping from a familiar, if chemically altered, reality into a disjointed arena of a dream. I reached for the cord for the blinds and noticed my hand was slick with sweat, but I felt cold, cold from the inside and ill, sickly with the taste of bile sitting on the tip of my tongue, daring me to double over and heave. My ears were ringing and I felt like crying. I twisted the cord and the blinds whispered open and there was a shape far away and right up against the glass blurry and sharply defined solid black and fuzzy mist jittering frantically and standing perfectly still tap 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 i flinched and twisted the blinds shut I stood there waiting for something else to happen, waiting for some kind of response from myself, for my brain to tell me what to do, for instinct to kickstart me into some kind of action. Either that or this mystery visitor knocking on the window inches from my face should do something else and give me something to respond to. Tap, tap, tap. There was my answer. What I did? Why I did what I did next, I have no idea. To this day, I'm still clueless and I still regret it more than any of the other stupid things I've done, but I was overcome. It wasn't ghostly hypnosis or a spell, and I'm sure it wasn't the alcohol. More than anything else, I think it was anger. <laughs> Maybe the alcohol did have something to do with it, after all, but I felt like I was being messed with and I felt like I had to do something about it. So I did the one thing you're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to investigate. <laughs> I've seen so many horror films. I've read so many ghost stories. I know that this is the golden rule. You do not do this. If anything, being pissed should have brought to that to the front of my mind since conversations about horror tropes and rules happen most often when drunk. All the same, I went outside. I unlocked the front door, steeled myself, and pulled it open, stepping back outside with my coat and armed with nothing. The cold hit me like broken glass, and I realized how quickly I was sobering up. It felt icier than it had when I'd gotten home, maybe because I'd abandoned my, my coat inside, maybe because the alcohol was quickly being burned up by adrenaline. I still felt sick. I still felt like crying but I also still felt like defiantly confronting whoever had decided to piss about outside my house. I rounded the corner to where the front window sat looking in the living room. No one. That's exactly what you were expecting, isn't it? That makes it worse. If someone had been there, it would have been grounded in reality. No one there means it's predictable, which makes it a real ghost story, ticking all the boxes. I knew I'd seen someone. I knew I'd heard them tap on the glass. I knew I'd felt someone there, but that was too uncomfortable to admit. And now I was outside, looking at where they'd been, an empty patch of grass in front of my house. I looked around to see if there was someone crouching somewhere in the dark, waiting to either innocently scare the shit out of me, or outright murder me, or maybe someone making a swift exit in any direction. But I was alone. I looked back towards the window, which is when I noticed something else. The blinds were open. 
I knew, I still know, that I closed the blinds after whoever had been out there had tapped on the glass. The blinds had been shut when I left the house, and when I had left the front door open. With my heart trying desperately to escape my ribcage, I made my way around to the front door, and it sat open. The light from inside was warm and inviting, although it didn't seem so cold as it had when I'd first stepped back outside, probably because I'd adjusted to it. I felt drawn to the heat of the house, like I was being pulled inside. Reassuring myself that I'd been wrong about the blinds, but knowing differently, I stepped back inside, careful again, but for very different reasons, and shut the door behind me. Maybe it's just me, but when I try and sleep after sobering up, I find it very hard. My breathing gets regular and my heart pounds and my temperature peaks and troughs and I can't relax. Alcohol leaves a vacuum that my brain fills up with anxiety. I had never and have never since sobered up as quickly as I did that night. But that wasn't what kept me up until dawn. Very good. What a fun... Mm, That was decent. What a fun little episode. Yeah, that was tasty and just the right amount. (laughs) We we got hot and we got spicy and it it was an appropriate uh, accommodation. And I am I am pleasantly surprised by the quality of the stories. Some really good writing there. Yes, I enjoyed that a lot. Despite the one that didn't give me another bloody ending. <laughs> Fucking arachnophobes never finishing their <laughs> shit. Um, which which one do you think stands out the most to you? Oh, for whatever honest, reason, probably the one, probably the one you just read. That one was a bit more engaging. I kind of noticed like most of them had a similar theme to our own personal ghost stories that we yeah. were sharing and talked yeah. about the whole like get the fuck out, just fuck off. Yeah. And a theme going on, which I appreciated. You never know what you're going to get with hot, not hot, but spicy. And like this time we kind of had a through line of like unexplained phenomenon, like seeing things that aren't there, hearing things that aren't there, the feeling of being watched or fucked with, like that pretty much persisted throughout all the stories. Mm. Yeah. 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 I enjoyed that a lot. I think I liked, I think I liked Jan's story about the gremlins <laughs> watching her, but, um, but I also really liked the dinner theater one. I think, um, in, in my experience in the various theaters around, um, central PA, um, I, I've been, I've been to many, not just out of, um, going there and watching something, but also going there and performing in something all of the big theaters in the, in the near like 45 minute radius I've like performed at. So theaters are always haunted. Like, you know, they, they always say, uh, you know, you, you can't say Macbeth in a theater like that, that general, (laughs) that general, that's a real thing. Okay. the, the, The haunt, the haunt of the Scotsman, I think they call it. So it's just, you, you, you have to 
I can't think of the right word. It's not like regal. It's uh, you have to have a certain um, respect. You know, you have to have a certain um, you have to have a certain type of relationship with the theater that you're performing in for you to not get creeped out by that shit. Because I've definitely been in theaters like late, 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 late at night when no one else is there, like maybe one or two other people with me. And I can see why they have that reputation. I can see why people think they're haunted because it's just, it's, it's a large vacuous, like open space with a lot of energy and movement and, you know, they're usually old, so they're, they're, mm. they're usually noisy. So it's just interesting. Like, yeah, I, I would hate nothing more than for someone to be like, go into this dark fucking theater, go all the way down into the basement, grab something and come back. <laughs> I would just, yeah. I would just be like, nah, <laughs> I'd just be yeah, like, nah, no yeah. thanks. I have this cute little theory on um, theaters and stages and all that kind of jazz is like from my brief stint of when I did do amateur theater, that process of having to like do like the exercises and stuff before you do rehearsal or go on stage and that team building stuff and how you're kind of like conjuring that energy to be that character and remember your lines and like project it well for it to read and be understood by the audience. You're kind of like almost challenge channeling things. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, almost like so... a ritual at that point. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of no, like that makes you're sense. bringing in all the extra energy and it just kind of like dicks in the walls and, Maybe other people have turned up with their own demons and those demons come out. I don't know. Everyone it's, shares yeah. that energy anyway. Like if if anyone's ever performed in a group, you know that like everyone is feeding off of one another. Everyone is like the the energy is circulating and it you know, if it's if it's negative it's fucking felt. If it's depressing it's fucking felt. Like that's why people talk about how, you know, the impact of live theater is just like really fucking magical sometimes like uh, mm, in a yeah. recent in a recent episode i was talking about how i went and saw a horror show on broadway and um i just i had the best time watching it because i just i loved the story i loved how spooky and sad it was and i just i got lost in it and like yeah. it's it's been with me ever since because i've just been like man i want to watch that again i want to i want to feel yeah. that energy again and um, it's absolutely attuned to the space and the performance and, you know, all that stuff going on there. Yeah, totally. Um, I also just like on a slight different tangent, being in a haunted place, I used to live in a historic house. Uh, I'm on the West Coast now, but it was on the East Coast where there's like heaps of really old buildings and just weird vibes and you know, prisoners of war from World War Two were brought through there, and wow, just all this crazy stuff. But the first time, the first night I stayed there, I had a room at the top of these stairs, and I swear I heard like heaps of thumping up and down the stairs, and it just kept me awake all night, and I couldn't sleep. 
and then I don't know my I just like absorbed myself into the house and me and the landlady <laughs> were like depressed and huge stoners and just got used to all the weird sounds and stuff <laughs> but as time went on as time went on I've like found all my current friends and like people I've just met all have ties to this house because it's been there since like 1870 something wow okay and including one of my besties uh I talked to his parents and told them about this place and they're like oh our religion used to go uh hire that place out and and stay there and I was like oh my god you guys are the cult (laughs) Because there was this rumor that there was a cult that like took on the place in the 80s and 90s. And yeah, it was fucking them. Yeah, it was out of it. I mean, when you say cult, do you actually mean cult? Like, like... The, rumors, the rumors were cult. And my mate has made like a couple of YouTube episodes kind of frameworking how he grew up in a cult. And then, yeah, when I talked to his parents... They were like, oh, yeah, our church used to live there. And just and they're the only church that has ever been at this residence. And, yeah, so they're, they're the cult. <laughs> oh, wow. And, uh, and like, yeah. any, any, like, juicy information about this cult? Uh, or was it just rel- religious fanaticism? Right. Yeah, I think it was pretty much that. But, my, yeah, my mate has done the research and was like, yeah, this, this was a cult. Interesting. Well, that's cool. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, again, just huge old area. Things get absorbed into the walls. Weird tapping, weird noises. Pretty yeah. much what we just read. Oh, yeah. 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 I enjoyed that a lot. It, yeah. Just got me thinking of all the, all the things, all the spoopy things. Wow. Mm. That's, that I I love when the things align like that when we're able to tap into the our own our own shit. Um, mm. I don't think I've outside of um, um, sleep paralysis. I don't think I've ever seen any shadows. I can't really, I can't really relate to that. Um, okay. I don't think, and I don't think I've ever seen anything that I've perceived as a ghost either. Um, yeah, you know, nothing, nothing in my more visceral adulthood that tells me, um, you know, that reminds me of anything I've seen in like a horror movie, at least, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, I, it's not that I'm, I'm begging for any of this shit to happen to me. Either, yeah. But, fuck um, no. Fuck no. <laughs> but it, it's. It is interesting as I get older, my kind of stomach for this stuff, um, I think gets a little bit stronger. Yeah, um, exactly. Cause yeah, even, even in reference to putting myself in situations that are, that are frightening, um, you know, I, I like to talk about going to all the horror stuff when it's the ooky mm. spooky season. Um, they announced the lineup for horror nights this year and um you know they got they got stranger things they got last of us i'm very excited to to go through houses dedicated to both of those ips um oh cool but but they're also bringing in um chucky and exorcist 
Oh, and, Reg. And it's the it's the new it's the newer Chucky based off of the TV show, and it's the new Exorcist movie. And here's the thing. I don't think the new Exorcist movie looks very good, but whenever I like, whenever I bring up that that's going to be a house at Horror Nights to Alley Cat, she's like, yeah, no, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that one. And it's, just, <laughs> and it's just interesting to see like the threshold with some people, I suppose, because I have no problem walking through any of that shit and putting myself mm. in a situation where I know I'm going to get fucking jump scared out of my butthole. But it's like, yeah, but it is it is interesting to see where other people like draw the line. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know in my own life, like what I draw the line for in an actually haunting scenario. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like at this point, if I were to get ghostly haunted, would I just be, would I really just be like, eh, <laughs> and just ignore it? <laughs> you know, like, am I, am I, am I too lazy? Do I not care? Like, it's just interesting. It's just interesting to yeah, think it, about. It, it, at first it's jarring and then it's kind of like, ah, oh, well, this is my life now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to I'll try to keep that in mind for if and if yeah. and when I get ooky spooky haunted. Yeah. <laughs> I'm anyway. just looking up the, the new exorcist now. It looks fucking awesome. I wasn't aware that this was happening. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Fun. Yay. I'm cool. going I'm going to both coasts this year. I'm going to um California with where am I? And I'm going to Florida Hi. with Alley Cat. And I'm getting to experience cool. horror nights twice, which is uh more than I deserve. I'm I am so I am so excited, I'm so happy. I'm I'm very much looking forward to it, but um, hopefully I'll be doing some recordings in the future post both of those events where we can talk about it because I've been meaning, I kind of have this thing where I'm like, I'm like, Alley Cat, you know, I, I told you, you know, I, I this was something I said on the show, like way before you and I started dating, like I, I don't ever want to bring <laughs> my partner onto the show. Um, yeah, <laughs> which which feels like a betrayal of character because I introduced her as a character and then we started dating and exactly. I'm like, we can record no more. And it's just like, <laughs> it's like I feel bad about that. So part of me wants to do something like like a meet halfway type of thing where we can nice. just talk about our experiences at Horror Nights and kind of go over the last three years of doing that yes, together please. and yes, please. talk about all the houses we've gone through and reminisce and and say what our favorites were and you know put them against each other and see what stands out um yeah that would be awesome because you can like anyone can go onto youtube and and see the walkthroughs of the houses these these people are wonderful they they go through these houses with high def cameras so like yeah it's not the same thing as going through it literally but you know it's certainly less expensive so I have to, I have to yeah. pay something like, I have to pay something like $500 a person just to go through this experience. So, you know, uh, it's, 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 
it is what it is. I'm more than happy to to experience it. But there are wonderful channels out there that I would I I can definitely shout to the moon um, about going online and looking at their stuff because they um they cover horror nights every year and they capture each of the houses. Sick. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm very keen to listen to you guys talk about it. That would be wicked. I I mean I also know that I'm gonna like the minute I get back. Um, like the next afternoon with where am I? I'm just going to be like, we got to talk about it. He, he doesn't, he doesn't really like horror movies. He doesn't ever really do anything too spooky. And this is going to be his first time at horror nights and I'm making him do everything with me. (laughs) So, so needless to say, I'm going to get that reaction out of him nice and i'm gonna try to i'm gonna try to record some stuff while we're there just so you can hear him scream but um (laughs) but i don't want to embarrass him either because he he has been embarrassed by me on the show before so i'm gonna try not to embarrass (laughs) him but um alley cat has has no qualms it's it's almost it's almost funny to say that um this is the first time she's brought up like not wanting to do a specific house because I've taken her through like so much at this point that she's, that she doesn't really bat mm. an eye. As long as I go first, she doesn't really bat an eye. Um, <laughs> yeah. She, she delights at seeing me get jumped, you know, there was, <laughs> there's this really funny story of um one of my favorite houses from two years ago. Um, was dedicated mm. to um, puppets and like ventriloquist dummies and, and theater and stuff. And um, Creepy. we're going through a wardrobe, you know, it's um, uh, you have maybe two feet to, to shuffle through and it's a wardrobe with mm. um, clothes, clothing racks, you know, like, like mm. a big, like a big closet hallway. And mm. I'm looking to the left. I'm looking to the right. It's just a bunch of old smelly clothes. And I just know, I just know, I just know that at any point passing through these clothing racks, someone behind them is going to pull them open and jump out towards me. I just know it. Mm. Yeah. It never comes because the guy is already standing there with the curtain, with the, with the clothing rack open. I don't realize this until his face is about two inches from my face. No, (laughs) because the lights were so like dim and he was blending in so well with the clothes. (laughs) I don't even see it coming. And Alley cat sees me jump like three feet in the air. The minute, the minute that recollection came to mind. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's funny. It's funny stuff. But that, that house was like my favorite. You can see that one online. Um, it was called puppet theater, um, puppet theater, puppet theater, uh, captive audience. It was so fucking good. And if you go through it, you'll most likely see that, that, um, wardrobe room jump scare that I got caught by. Um, yeah, very, very well done. Uh, I give my hat off to whoever that scare actor was. Nice. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. Okay. I'd give that a go. I like, I think about sometimes when I want to come over there, 
uh, and do like a, you know, like a haunted maze or oh, pumpkin yeah. patch thingy oh, yeah. and how brutal some of them can get. I don't think I'd do the brutal ones, but yeah, anything that would be better than when, a New Zealand one. Sure. When you say brutal, you mean like the ones where they like touch you and they pull you around and stuff like. Yeah. Yeah. Those I don't think I'd ever do that either. Honestly, I kind of, I yeah. kind of draw a line at like actually being captive. Like I, I don't yeah. actually want to be manhandled, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah what type? Exactly. What type of those experiences do you have over there? Like, what? What would you categorize them as? Like, just regular run-of-the-mill haunted houses? We we don't really have any. Oh really? Um, okay. Uh, uh, I don't know. New Zealand has a weird thing with Halloween. It was all G in the eighties and the nineties, and then. I don't know, a whole bunch of almond mums decided that it was too American and heaps of people stopped celebrating Halloween, wouldn't answer the door, no decorations. Uh. And then it's kind of and then it's kind of made a comeback and we took my nephews to a haunted house uh, down the road and that was like in someone's big fancy house and they had like made this cool maze from their garage through to another section of the house and yeah. Is people storing up bodies and stuff, and yeah, that was fun, but on a much smaller scale. Like, so yeah, just, just probably the home, nothing homemade DIY. Things. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, they did a good job. If and when you come over, there are lots of places around here. Like, um, there's an amusement park t- 20 minutes from my house that does haunt every year. They usually have five to eight haunted houses to walk through that are usually pretty good. Um, Hey. Uh, within within like an hour, I want to say like forty five minutes north of me, there is Hell House, like the actual Hell House. No. Um, if you've watched oh, any shit. of those movies where they filmed those movies, like those those were filmed an hour north of me. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a uh, Terror in the Walls over at um, the Asylum, uh, the penitentiary mm-hmm. in Philly. Um, there is, um, a couple haunted attractions over near Knobles, um, which is about like an hour and a half. There's, there's just, there's stuff, you know, there's stuff around here that, um, pretty much operates annually. Um, Amazing. PA, PA appreciates its spookiness. PA is definitely, PA is definitely one of those states where, you know, when the season comes to, you'll see um, road signs put up for attractions like, uh, you know, corn maze here, pumpkin patch here, haunted house here. Um, some that do all three, like the, the Hell House area, they do a, a zombie run, a hayride and a haunted oh house all, all in the same all in the same field. Epic. Um, Fucking A. Yeah, the 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 zombie run when I did it, I I I actually made it through with um yeah with one flag still attached to my body. Yeah, <laughs> they give you a belt with like three flags on it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, and they okay, say gotcha. they say if the scare actors take all three of them off of you, you died. 
Oh, right. Okay. So, so I, I got through there and they, they employed a lot of like kids and teenagers. So they would be like smaller than you and they'd reach right for your like belt line and try to grab those flags. So like when I, I made it through with one left and I remember being like, get away from my fucking flag. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't turning into no zombie today. (laughs) Fuck yeah, that's awesome. Can't wait. Yeah. You no, know, if if you do end up coming over, there's definitely gonna be some fun shit we're gonna be able to go to and uh we're gonna we're gonna then record and talk about it. So hopefully hopefully we get to uh experience that. But um Yay. We're we're just around the corner from spooky season, so I'm sure everyone is is getting ready for it. I'm already pretty amped for uh for this season, if you can't tell already how much I keep talking about it. Um, <laughs> yep. so hopefully we'll, I have some cool stories, you know, some cool stuff planned. Um, there's a series, um, there's a, a long series. I want to start with someone. I'm not quite sure who I'm, I'm in between my, my usual, do I want to go Django or do I want to go cannibal? Um, for, mm. for, for who to choose for my long series this year. And, um, yeah. And I'm I'm not sure who who is better suited for the material because it's very interesting sounding. So I promise by the time Halloween comes, we'll probably be balls deep in in a interesting and tantalizing new five part series. Um, oh fuck yeah! But that that is that is what I'm looking forward to right now as far as the show goes. Nice, awesome. But, uh, Thank you, Captain. Looking forward to it. Tor- Taurus Filth, a.k.a. Kitty, how you feel about this not hot but spicy adventure we had today? Fuck yeah, that was tasty as fuck. <laughs> it was wonderful Hell having yeah. you back. I hope... Thanks I hope for having me again. I am so, I always, always happy to have you back and happy to have you as our number one super fan. And... Yeah! You know, uh, if you if you had any any words for for the audience, you know, also being a member of the audience, what are those words? Listen to lots of pasta. <laughs> <laughs> Just the basic advertisement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen Just to more of this show, please. Yeah, get get the merch. Uh, <laughs> I still have my lots of pasta coffee mug. I use it on the daily sometimes twice a day fucking i wear my wear my hoodie all the time i got my shirt we still need to complete the outfit for you don't we we need we need the socks we need the socks and the leggings right yes yes please all right we'll we'll get working on that we'll make sure you're 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 head to toe decked out in in lots of pasta merch by the end of the year complete fucking lots of pasta nerd girl that i am hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah dude <laughs> <laughs>